Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or, or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Dori Shafrier. And I am Kate Spencer. And we are not experts. We are just two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And this is a mini episode where we hear from you, our beloved listeners, who share your comments and thoughts, and we answer your questions to the best of our ability. And please remember, we are not experts. We're just two podcast hosts wearing our finest workout clothes today. (laughs) And we always encourage you to seek support first and foremost from a doctor and or a mental health professional as needed. And if you want to reach us for one of these mini apps, our voicemail number is 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. And let's get into it with a really important email. I will say I received. I'll read this email since it's directed to you. Okay. Just let me narrate it for you. The subject is in all caps. Sheet masks are overrated. Here's the email. Thank you, Dory, for speaking your truth. Smiley face. 
Thank you, dear listener. That's it. <laughs> Short and to the point. That's it. Agreeing with me. Yep. A perfect email. <laughs> Dory's dream. Dory's dream. Succinct and on her side. I love it. I, I love it too. And you know, we've had so many different reactions to your sheet mask declaration. Manifesto. Yeah. And I have found, honestly, since you declared yourself not a sheet mask fan, I'm using them more. Oh, interesting. Not to rebel against hmm. you. Aren't you the little secret contrarian? Hello. <laughs> scared of confrontation, so I do it <laughs> privately. <laughs> no, it honestly just reminded me that I, of sheet masks, and so I've been doing them more. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I did a bunch when we traveled a few weeks ago to Florida. I brought one, but oh. didn't do it. Oh, look at you. Well, I was like, I have all these sheet masks. I might as well get rid of them. I don't want to waste them. That would be so wasteful. I mean, we could do a giveaway of Dory's rejected sheet mask. <laughs> How alluring. <laughs> I'll uh, take them off your hands. Okay. Or, you know, you can put them, give them to my buy nothing group. Oh, a buy nothing forever 35 group might be fun. I know we have like a swap group. Yeah. Yeah. Put them there. Okay. We, we'll solve this off All the right. air. Sounds um, good. Here's a follow-up voicemail to my uh, declared interest in the very expensive Augustinus Bader skin cream. Mm -hmm. Hi, Kate and Dory. This is Ashley calling from Rhode Island. Love the podcast. Giving a shout out to my friend, Erin, who started uh, listening to your podcast over a year ago and made me listen to it and become a huge fan. I wanted to just offer a couple of comments on the Augustinus Bader cream that you talked about in this week's episode. So Aaron and I have both used the cream and the rich cream for a few months, giving it a try. Um, I will say that I absolutely loved it. It was just lovely in the winter. My skin was hydrated. It felt wonderful. Um, I also think there's something to just simplifying your skincare routine and cutting out all of those extra products and just using the cream. It gives your chance of skin your skin just kind of rejuvenates and it gets away from using too many products. Um, so there may be something to that because it is very expensive. But I will also say that I went for a facial during that time and my esthetician said that my skin was lovely and hydrated and she couldn't believe how fantastic it was during the winter. Um, and that was only using the rich cream. So that was from a professional. Um, so I think that's pretty important. So um, for me, it worked great. I know some people don't love it, but, you know, to each his own. And if it works for you, that's fantastic. So just wanted to weigh in. Love the podcast. The episode's coming. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Interesting. Intriguing. Yes. This this did nudge me in the direction that, uh, that I finally went of ordering it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, for the sake of the podcast. Of course. Of course. You know, I wonder if my favorite Instagram chemist confessions has done. I looked. Oh, they haven't done one. Sorry to interrupt, but I did. I did scroll through because I also love chemist confessions slash got to talk about getting them on the pod. Totally. And I was like, I need to know what they think because. I don't want to feel like a fool. Mm -hmm. but, but they I, haven't done it I yet. didn't see it on there. Yeah. Did you see the other day they did the La Mer eye cream? I did. That's what made me look mm -hmm. through the whole feed. Yeah. Wow. Well, and I will say, look, I did purchase a bottle of this cream. I am going to try it out and talk about it on the podcast. But 
the origin story of this like German professor who created it mm-hmm. sounds very similar to what the origin story of La Mer is that I always heard, which is like, this was originally created for people with uh, burn victims, which I think is what was the oh. narr- their narrative about La Mer, or at least it's what I grew up hearing about La Mer. Oh. So I, again. I always just picture like a magic mountain Hans Kostorp, like sanitarium setting of all these like German and Swiss skincare creators, (laughs) creators, like just applying them on burn victims and like sick people. Yeah. Like how much of this is just a crafted marketing experience? I mean, we'll find out. we, We certainly will. On my face. Um, we have one more voicemail I would love to share with you that is really shared in solidarity with you, Dory. Mm. Hi, guys. I just finished listening to your um, episode where you're talking about ants in the house. And I um, have dealt with that as well this year. And I just wanted to let you guys know that once you kill the ants, um, if you spray a little apple cider vinegar and water mixture, apparently it sort of um, stops the ants from being able to smell um, the trail of the ants that came before them. So you just kill the ants, clean clean them up, and then spray apple cider vinegar around, you know, the perimeter where they're coming in. And um, that has worked for me thus far. Um, we had a couple little infestations this year, uh, different times of the year, spring and then late summer. Um, and it worked after, you know, a few times, I would say, maybe <laughs> spraying it. Um, love you guys. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Wow. Can we dedicate a whole episode soon to just apple cider vinegar? Kate, were you thinking that? I wasn't thinking a whole episode, but I was thinking... <laughs> What magical powers does apple cider vinegar not have? It is useful for everything. I mean, I drink it when I'm, especially when I'm feeling sick. Oh, okay. Or I'll, I'll mix it in like a tall glass of water. Mm-hmm. I use it to catch fruit flies in my home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you put it in your hair? I've done a rinse. Mm-hmm. We talked about that yeah. with the hard water. Mm-hmm. Apple cider rinse. What else could we use it for? Well, now a spray to kill. Yeah. A spray not to kill not the to ants. Not to kill them, to prevent them from coming back. I like that it just like eliminates the, the smell of the, the ant the ants marching. I mean, I think we could come up with enough things to dedicate a full hour to the oh miracle my of apple cider vinegar. <laughs> so look forward to that. <laughs> Get ready, everyone. <laughs> that will be truly our sweatiest balls moment. Oh my gosh. An apple cider vinegar episode. I mean, we should probably just be eating apple cider donuts as <gasps> we... Do the episode. That sounds so good. But not chew into the microphone because that's gross. (laughs) That would be gross. Yeah. And some people have that thing where they can't listen to chewing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real thing. Well, wait. And be drinking warm apple cider. This Mm. is a very good fall episode, Yes. Very autumnal. And it's also a really wonderful segue to this next little segment we have called flossing (laughs) because we received so many messages about flossing, Mm -hmm. specifically cocoa floss. Yeah. Turns Which, out, as discussed on last week's episode, I have ordered. And last night, I did the same. Mm. Mm-hmm. So here's what one person said. Kate, yes, cocoa floss feels different. So clean and not at all ouchy. Promise you'll just try it? Question mark, smiley face. Hashtag not an ad. <laughs> and, and you did. I ordered 
strawberry flavor and no, not strawberry, mint and orange. I ordered mint. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll. I contemplated getting the coconut, but didn't. I'm curious about the other flavors. Mm-hmm. They, it also came in strawberry as well. Another listener wrote in and said, Dr. Tongue's Smart Floss. I feel like Cocoa Floss gets all the attention, but Dr. Tongue's is so good. It's really soft, but then expands between your teeth. Works so much better than Glide. It's also cardamom flavored, which is lovely. You can pick it up at Whole Foods, Sprouts, etc. Well, guess where I was yesterday? Sprouts? Whole Foods, but oh, you know, one okay. or the other. I didn't mean didn't give you much of a choice no. there. Um, and I bought some of the Dr. Tongue's and I used it last night. Mm. I liked it. I don't know if it was as smooth of a ride as Glide, but oh, interesting! I liked the flavor, and I'm going to keep giving it a chance. Okay, one final email about flossing, which I have to say, this email made me especially excited. Longtime listener, first time Jeemer. <laughs> I'm a dentist who lives in, you guessed it, Boston, and works on the North Shore. Wow, this person appeals to so many of our interests. Oh, flossing Teeth and Boston. And Boston. <laughs> When Kate said she wanted to floss more, I knew it was time for me to finally write in. Here are some professional dental tips. Flossing is a game changer. One, I typically recommend flossing before brushing because most patients are more likely to do it before. And because once you clean in between the teeth, the fluoride from the toothpaste will help maintain healthy enamel in those now clean areas. Sidebar, does anyone floss after? Me! What? You floss before? Of course! Oh, I didn't know that. I floss after. This wow. like rocked my world. Wow. What? Wow. Oh, we, we need to have a fight about this. <laughs> Listeners, are you a before brusher or after brusher when it comes to flossing? I mean, I just think like you floss and you kind of like stir up all this stuff and you want to kind of brush it all away. See, I always think about it as like first you brush and kind of get everything out and then you floss to get the rest of it out. And then I use a mouthwash to just like swish it out. I don't use mouthwash. Well, my world is rocked. All right. Here's the second tip. Oh, this was cute. Tie a piece of floss to your toothbrush. When you pick up your toothbrush, you'll see the floss and hopefully be reminded to floss. That's cute. Three, try to make it a 21-day intention. Whether it's whether or not it's true that it takes 21 days to form a habit, this is still a great place to start. After you floss, then brush, just spit out. Don't rinse with water. Mm. I know I just blew your minds. You want to spit out, but not rinse so that fluoride stays on your teeth. Instead, rinse with water after a smoothie or ice cream that's loaded with sugars, even natural ones, not after your you brush. Fascinating. Yeah. Now, I tried that, and it was a little bit of a weird feeling not to rinse after brushing. Yeah. But uh, the the dentist's point made sense. Wow. She also has a PS, which is fluoride sometimes gets a bad rap, but oh, yeah. it is truly the best thing for preventing tooth decay. Do not swallow excess fluoride and you do not need much toothpaste on your toothbrush, pea size, but do use it. Do you use fluoride in your toothpaste? You know, I, I always used to, and then I, I feel like I got... I got influenced by by people who are against big fluoride, and I started buying non-fluoridated toothpaste. But I think maybe I should go back. I mean, I'll welcome you with open arms. This I've dentist been using, convinced me. You know, Quip was a sponsor mm-hmm. for a little while of this podcast, and they sent us toothpaste, and I've just been using that. I've been using that too, and I, I don't it know has, if it has fluoride. It does. I checked after okay. we got this email. Then I've been using fluoridated toothpaste okay. lately. Well, thank you, Quip. Yes. For that toothpaste, which I actually like very much. Well, listen, I love when a dentist writes in. I mean, 
What a treat. Seriously. Um, so I will take your advice to heart, uh, dentist. And again, people who floss after brushing, call me up because surely I'm not the only one. And people who floss before br- brushing, hit me up. Well, now I am going to become a before <laughs> brushing flosser oh, because the dentist okay. emailed us and said All so. Right. So sorry to leave everybody else behind. <laughs> All right, Tori. Let's take a break. Let's do it. 
very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 Lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. So let's pick back up with a voicemail that is in response 
to uh, a previous mini episode listener who was trying to deal with a breakup and finding it really hard. Hi, Kate and Dory. This is Slayton. I'm driving through downtown LA right now, and the external temperature is about 85, but I'm seven seven months pregnant, so the internal temperature is about 130. Uh, But I'm calling about the last mini episode and the woman who asked for advice about how to get over a breakup. And uh, something that I use not to get over a breakup, but to get over something I realized I hadn't grieved related to my childhood was I had a mourning ceremony. And, and it wasn't very involved. I just took a long, sweaty hike by myself, and I brought a little memento with me. And when I got to a lookout point, I buried the memento and publicly sobbed for about 10 minutes, and then I hiked back down. And these, I'm a big proponent of using these to grieve anything that you haven't really grieved or mourned. And the nice thing is that they can look however you want them to look, and they don't magically cure sadness. But I have to say that it really did something for me mentally and emotionally to to validate the grief by doing, by devoting time and energy. And, and I do think it made me less sad because I was fully giving myself permission to be as sad as I needed to be. So anyway, hope that helps. Love the podcast so much. Bye. Oh, I think that's such a great idea. What a lovely idea. Have you ever done any kind of ceremony in grieving a relationship or anything else? No. Have you ever burned anything? Um, one New Year's, we wrote like not resolutions, but just like New Year's intentions, intentions, kind of, and then we burn them in a bonfire. Mm. I think there's something powerful about any sort of ritual you do to honor any feeling mm-hmm. like that. And I love the, uh, the idea of a mourning ceremony is really powerful. Yeah. I also feel like if it, if you're inclined, you could include other people. Totally. And I also like the idea that, you know, we can grieve for things that aren't just like deaths. Yeah. I loved that, that, that listener said that, that it was something from their childhood that they were grieving. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because when I, I, so often I feel like we don't validate kind, different kinds of grief, Mm -hmm. whether it's relationships or careers or job or what, anything, you know, there's, those things are not often treated as valid for feeling mm-hmm. like deep sorrow over them. So I think that's really cool. I do too. Great suggestion. I would love to hear other kind of like mourning or grieving rituals mm-hmm. people might have. Also crying in public, very satisfying. Mm. There's something really cathartic about any crying, but a public cry. Do, are you a public crier? Have you ever done it? I cried during Shavasana once. Oh, I'm a, always a <laughs> yoga class crier. <laughs> Always. But crying like in New York, crying on the subway is like a a, a rite of passage. Oh, a hundred percent. I've definitely done it. I've cried through many exercise classes, I would think. I don't know. I'm always crying. Dory, we're gonna transition here to FODMAPs. I can't wait. Um, I just am confidential to you this voicemail I eliminated because it was too much. Oh. Okay. So we'll just go right into emails. Do you wanna read this first FODMAPs? 
I would love to. Email. All right, here we go. I was diagnosed about five years ago and have been following a modified FODMAP diet since then. Did we ever define FODMAP for our listeners? I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Well, I have to Google to define it because I don't know exactly what it stands for. Do you know off the top of your head? FODMAP. Let's see what Dr. Google says. Oh, God. God. FODMAP stands for fermentable oligodemonosaccharides and polyols. Why did I have to be the one to have to read it off of Google? (laughs) These are short-chain carbs that are resistant to digestion. Instead of being absorbed in your bloodstream, they reach the far end of your intestine where most of your gut bacteria reside. I'm reading off of an internet article. Okay. But that's what it is. Basically, a FODMAP diet, as I understand it, is a diet that eliminates a bunch of foods that cause IBS. Right. And people are having like massive... Cause like irritation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's a it's a very restrictive elimination diet that I think provides a lot of relief, but... That is very hard. Yes. Okay. Um, Okay. So, uh, and I just wanted to say, hang in there. The first couple of months are so hard. All you, all you see is what you can't have. But as times go by, you stop thinking about it. You find new ways of cooking slash baking slash eating that spurs just as much joy as it ever did before, or even more because you won't be in pain and or sick after. My worst FODMAPs foods are onion, garlic, beans, gluten, and lactose. It makes eating out a little tricky until you learn how to order, but also once you learn stacking, economizing, that's when it really gets better. For example, I can eat a piece of cake, but then I can't have an ice cream with lactose the same day. Also, do Instagram searches, especially in the beginning. I found that so inspiring and helpful. There are so many dietitians that run accounts as well as people like myself that just try to live our best life and hopefully help someone else while Instagramming about the journey. I also found having my FODMAP Instagram account as kind of a diary made it feel more like an adventure in finding the best way for me to eat. So that's also a suggestion. So good luck. Your life is about to get so much better. Okay. And another FODMAPing listener wrote us and they said, I felt so excited and validated to hear the voicemail from a fellow FODMAPper on last week's episode. I am currently in week four of a doctor recommended low FODMAP diet and really is extremely restrictive. Since the internet can feel too overwhelming at times, I found checking out low FODMAP books from my local library to be my best resource. I use these newfound recipes and it has really expanded my palate regarding spice blends. This is especially important because you cannot have garlic or onion, which seems to be in everything. I wanted to share this suggestion and send some love and positive energy to the caller and other FODMAPers out there. Now it takes a little turn. And while I have your attention, I had a question of my own. I am having a hard time balancing washing my hair only a few times a week with my current workouts, i.e. hot yoga and cardio in the summer heat. When I leave hot yoga, my hair is completely wet like I just jumped into a pool. I feel like the people who tell me to use dry shampoo may only have some perspiration around their neck and temples. This is not the case for me. I know I shouldn't wash it every day, but it also feels gross to leave it in a wet bun while I shower. Should I be wetting it but not washing, letting it dry on its own, or blowing dr- or blow drying it to dry shampoo later? Buying special shampoo? Just give in and wash it because yuck, sweat? Help! So... I would just wash my hair. I would just wash my hair too. It's not like there's some hard and fast rule no. that says no washing your hair every day. It's just kind of, it's up to you. Yeah. Everybody's lives are different. Yeah. 
Now, you could rinse it out and not put shampoo or soap or whatever you want in it. I always found doing that, especially after I had sweat a lot, left my hair like feeling really gross. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what kind of hair this person has, but. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it, like, it was not great. So I, I, if I were in your shoes and I have been in your shoes, I was always like so confused how people could go to like a spin class and then just like dab themselves with a <laughs> makeup removing wipe and be like, bye, I'm going to work. I'd be like, what? <laughs> like I have to take like three showers. Yeah, I know everybody's body's different. Everyone sweats differently. And everyone also like your comfort level with all that is different. I mean, yeah. my best friend was visiting me. She's a professional dancer. And she does really intense cardio and exercise. And she had just done like a hardcore workout class and then did not wash her hair. And I think I told you this. She told me that sweat is nature's hairspray. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and her hair looked amazing. Okay. But she did the thing where she put it in a bun, took a shower. I mean, I shower a lot less these days as discussed than I used to. Um, and sometimes I don't shower after working out, but I'm also not sweating as much as I used to when I worked out. Yeah. Like I can't imagine members of the U S soccer team are not showering after they play a game or not washing their hair after they play a game. I think do whatever makes you feel good. If you don't feel good leaving, like if you don't feel good, not washing your hair, then wash your hair. Amen. Dory. Thank you. Quick pause. And then we shall be back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. Visible on my (sighs) neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 
at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Witness history at Roland Garros where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. All right, we've got two more emails to discuss, Story. You take this first one. Okie doke. I have a friend that it feels like all she wants to talk to me about is complaints. She often actually starts the day by sending me a gift that says, ugh, yeah, seriously. I want to be there and support her, but often it feels like she just wants an audience to say, oh, that sucks, rather than to talk it through, which does make sense in situations, but this is like an al- this is like almost a daily thing. I definitely understand this happening every once in a while, but it's to the point that most of our convos are just her complaining. It really drains me, and I don't want to just cut her out. Any advice on how to handle this? Ooh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I mean, your friend sounds depressed. Yeah. Again, not medical professionals. Yeah. But that was my reaction. Um, But it's also very hard to just say to someone, hey, you sound depressed. You should seek professional help from a therapist. Totally. That's... That's hard for someone else to respond to as yeah. well, your friend in this case. And I could also see like the friend writing into us and being like, my best friend of 15 years just told me, you know, she can't listen to me complaining all the time. And, and, and I feel like, you know, I just turned to her for support. You know, I could, I could see the friend having a completely different perspective on this. Sure. Um, that being said, I do think it's a lot to take on someone else's burdens like this all the time especially yeah. when it sounds like it's not reciprocated like it sounds like like a lot of depressed people i think your friend is not able to sort of see outside of what's going on with her and i get that um but that makes it hard to be her friend yeah you know i i wonder if you could maybe have a conversation with this friend in person yeah rather than responding like especially because i know if i was getting all these ug tests every text every day i would feel frustrated Mm -hmm. when one came up so maybe the next time you were together you could open a conversation and that might lead to them you helping them get to the i mean i'm i i don't love the idea of being like this is your responsibility to help them solve you know that's yeah that's frustrating but you could also have a conversation where you say like hey this happens a lot and i want to be there for you but you know, I also need to think of my own well-being and it, it can be really hard for me. I don't know how to support you. You know, have you thought about seeking help from from a professional who might be able to really offer you advice? Because you do need to, it is important, I think, to set a boundary in this situation, yes, right? Especially if it's so. affecting your well-being. Mm-hmm. That being said, as someone who's afraid of confrontation, that sounds really hard. And I, I'm not quite sure how to guide you on this one. I think you just guided her really well. Really? Yes. I think that's great advice. And, you know, it's hard because I do think that sometimes we do just want an audience to say, oh, that sucks. Yeah. You know, like sometimes 
sometimes people just want to vent. And that's been hard for me to learn as someone who wants to fix things all the time. Oh, totally. Sometimes people don't want you to fix things. They just want you to be like, man, that really sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. And I think also oftentimes people don't realize the impact that the venting might have on the person they're Totally. On. Yes. So this is all to say, we see you. This is hard. Talk to them in person. I think that's a good spot to sum up. Yeah. 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 All right. Last question. And it's, uh, I would say trigger warning. It's about illness and death. So if that's not something you want to hear, you know, give it a pause. Hi, Kate and Dory. I'm writing today under circumstances I never thought I would be in. I am 23 and my 56-year-old single mom had a stroke last week, which led to the discovery of stage four pancreatic cancer. My mom is my best friend and only source of parental support to myself as well as my younger sister. My sister is 18 and is scheduled to start college in four weeks. My mother has always been healthy, taken good care of herself, and has no family history that indicated this should be of any concern. She's been given three to six months to live without treatment, but we're currently exploring other options. Needless to say, I am in shock. Kate, I know your mother has passed away, and I'm writing with hopes that you and some other listeners may be able to offer words of advice when it comes to taking care of oneself during a time like this. I've already come down with mono, which included a 104 degree fever after trying to push myself to go back to work. So I obviously could use some advice. I'm a notorious over pusher and have not been sleeping more than a few hours at a time since her diagnosis. Fatigue from the mono makes it hard to engage with my usual activities, yoga and horseback riding and being in public becomes stressful when I never know what will trigger a bout of aggressive sobbing. My friends have been great, but I never know what to say when they ask, what can I do? Oh, I'm so sorry. So I emailed this listener privately because so much of what they wrote resonated with me because my mom also was diagnosed at age 55 with stage four pancreatic cancer and was very similar, healthy little peppy thing. And then nine months later, she had passed away. So, and I was 26, 27. Um, so not the exact situation. My mom was but not very single, similar. but similar things. So I reached out to this listener and so we are in, we're chatting, but oh, I, nice. and they, uh, wanted to open it up to the audience for advice. Um, because self-care during this kind of experience, especially when you are young, when you're caregiving for a parent and when also I suspect trying to be there for the younger sister who was transitioning to a huge new part of their life going to college while their mom is dealing with a stage four cancer diagnosis. That's just, you're in the, you're in the middle of a hurricane and that is really, really hard. My initial thought and Dory, I would love to hear what you think is that, um, you have, if you can, um, scale down, what you th what your self-care expectations are like it might not be horseback riding and yoga it might just be like sitting outside for three minutes mm. and just like breathing and not looking at your phone mm -hmm. um and finding like kind of operating in survival mode and finding the little pieces of self-care and i and i think you know your friends who like you said have been great but don't know <clears throat> kind of how to help this might be a good spot for what i suggested to this person was if asked if they had a, a really good friend who could be the the person who delegates the ways to help so such that a good idea you don't have to be the person being like this is what we need yeah you could you know talk to one person about it and then they can go out and say like hey because also we're dealing with 23 year olds like right. that's these are people who are are young are might may not have 
much financial independence to be able to like donate a ton of money or buy food or, or whatnot. So, and also probably don't have much experience with this. That's my assumption. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if your friends can help, I don't know, like chip in to buy you a pass for your yoga studio or buy you a Kindle so that you like just, you know, things, I mean, again, there might be more pressing needs like paying for medical care. We don't know, but, um, they might be able to find ways to help support you in your self care. But also I think just knowing like the most basic means of taking care of yourself are what's important right yeah. now. Like trying to find sleep, a therapist, eating well enough. And, and I think that's kind of where you can land. Um, the other thing, and this is, this is maybe not exactly related to your question, but I would, you know, your mom is single. And, and so I don't know what kind of responsibility you are under as a caregiver and, and dealing with anything if, you know, her, unfortunately she does pass, but getting, having those very hard conversations, I think will be vital to your self-care in the really future. That's really good advice. And that is advice that my, like I ha I'm thinking about now with my own family, um, like me having kids, but also me talking to my dad. Yeah. I don't know if you've had those conversations with your parents. Um, it's, we just had the conversation of, oh, well, my sister will take care of everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my sister, the lawyer will yeah. take care of everything. But there is a plan. I yes. Mean, because, you know, one thing that I didn't have to deal with when my mom got sick and passed away was dealing with her finances, figuring out, um, you know, the death stuff with the death. I didn't have to do my dad handled all of that. Yeah. And it was not part of my experience. And I've actually received like feedback on my book just mentioning that because it wasn't something I, oh, had, to, I had to deal with. Um, and that is a really huge thing that a lot of um, children of people who are ill end up having to handle. So if those are those conversations can be had, I would start thinking about them just for your own sake as well as for your mom. Yeah. Um, so listeners who have been through this weigh in. I have this listeners info. They want to receive advice. So you can send it to the Forever 35 Gmail account and I will pass it on. Um, but I hope, you know, this listener knows that we, I, we see you. Yeah. I see you really hard. It just, it sucks and there's no there's just no way. Yeah. It's just in mm. the storm. In the storm. On that note, Dory, shall we call it? Yeah. Yeah. But listener, thank you for, thank you for writing us. And I'm sorry, you had mono. That fucking is hard. Oh, I've yeah. never had mono. I had it when I was a year old. Oh, what? Yeah. Huh, I didn't know that was possible. Mm. Year old Dory had mono? Yeah. Oh. We thought I had cancer. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm glad you're okay. Thank you. Me too. That must have been stressful for your family. It's very stressful. Oh, poor, poor family. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so if people have advice for this listener, give us a shout and we will pass it on. And thank you all for being the lovely, supportive, wonderful audience. Yes. You're the best. listeners that you are. Bye. Bye. Bye.